Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. It's episode number 200. We made it two. Hundred episodes. You and I have come together and hung out for a few hours uh, for the past 200 afternoons, excepting the weekends, of course. We get some time apart from one another, uh, but then, what's that? Back at it on Monday. Here we are, episode number 200. I'm very excited uh, to spend these next two and a half hours with you. We're going to cover a lot of ground. We're going to have some big names on the program, including including the United States National Security Advisor to President Donald Trump. He is here in Utah today sharing uh, with a group of uh, listeners at the Grand America Hotel uh, exactly what are the threats facing America right now. What's at the top of the list? What is being done? And when I have the the security advisor on the program. I'm going to ask him uh, what are the how high are the stakes? What happens uh, if we should fall short in uh, our ability to fend off some of the threats, many of them coming from China? We'll get into that. Also going to be speaking with a member of the Brookings Institute, senior fellow over there, to answer this question. And I put it to you. What is uh, the significance of tomorrow's vice presidential debate? Uh, John Hudak asserts, that it is, in fact, the most important vice presidential debate in American history. Is that too far? What do you think? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We also have this question on my Facebook page right now. And if I could get you to log on to your computer uh, or on your cell phone, wherever you are, log on there, type in uh, Lee Lonsberry, look for the live mic page, and answer that question yourself. I'd also love it if you follow the page and all. It's a good way, in addition to this program here, that we stay in touch. Uh, but uh, your support there would be much appreciated. All right. For the next few minutes, I need to talk to you about the president's health. All right. Yesterday, you and I had a discussion about, honestly, it was an uncomfortable topic. And it is uh, something that's coming up on the horizon in American government. And it is that those individuals which right now uh, or whom right now occupy the most powerful positions in American government are very old. And I don't say that to make jokes or to get Snickers out of anyone, uh, but it is a reality. 70 plus, 80 plus. Many are seeking re-election. 
There are some right now in the highest uh, places in government that if they should, in, in an elective sense, if they are to secure another term, they may be serving in the United States government in very, very visible, very, very high pressure, very, very consequential, ro- consequential roles into their 90s. And humans, we don't live forever. And the reality of life is that it comes to an end at some point. And the reality of the uh, later stages of life is that some are uh, afflicted with uh, certain troubles. Troubles of the mind, troubles of the body, troubles with mobility. And we need to be aware of those. Conversely, conversely, we need to also recognize the health in our elected leaders. I've been a little troubled over the past few days, actually starting Friday, early in the morning on the East Coast, when it was announced by President Trump that he had tested positive for the coronavirus. On Twitter and elsewhere, almost immediately, and you heard me complain about this yesterday, almost immediately uh, some very vicious attacks uh, were leveled in his direction. There were also uh, what I perceive to be uh, inaccurate assessments of his health. Well, ask yourself this. Accepting the COVID challenges the president is facing right now, what? how do you view the president's health? Is he a healthy man? Do you consider him uh, to be uh, you know, someone who you know, enjoys a lifestyle conducive uh, with, with a healthy body? I'd be willing to bet that for many of you, the answer is no. And if you close your eyes and, uh, and you think about things like his diet and such, you probably conjure up an image of the president sitting on an aircraft uh, with, in front of him, sprawled out a, uh, a McDonald's spread. There are some fries there he's got in his hands. And the unfortunate reality of that photo is that it has become the image of the president's health. And it has uh, allowed so many of us, and, and I'll be honest, myself included, when I heard the president had uh, contracted the coronavirus, I immediately thought, oh, well, shoot, he has that terrible McDonald's diet. Uh, he has all those terrible habits, and, uh, well, his health can't be great. He is uh, one who carries around uh, many high-risk characteristics. But then, as I often encourage you to do, I thought, well, you know what? Hold on a second, Lee. Why don't we dig into what information, what facts uh, and objective measures of the president's health do we have at our disposal? And I remembered earlier this year, there was that trip that the president took to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, not, not, not to get his COVID treatment like over the weekend, uh, but earlier to get a physical. And I want to share with you the findings. And, and I know we talked about this when it came out, but uh, we, did, we weren't looking at these findings through the lens uh, with which we are looking at them today. Uh, before we get into that, here's what I'm talking about. This is how morning, so many... This is how so many have uh, described the, the, the president's health uh, and his activities and his habits, at least uh, in the talking head media space. President Trump likes fast food. A lot. He's made no secret of it, especially while on the campaign trail in 2016. Twelve Diet Cokes, right? Twelve cans per day, according to the New York Times. Well-done steaks that he usually drowns in ketchup with Dover sole. And those cheeseburgers he eats after he plays a round of golf. We know what he eats. He's talked about this very publicly. We know he doesn't exercise. These are just bedrock principles in medicine. That's what sets you up for having some sort of heart problem. 
That's the steady diet of information we have been fed for the past number of years. If you, like I've invited you to do, have a look at some actual tangible objective data regarding the president's health, you will find painted a far different picture. Uh, he, yes, is 73 years old. He is six foot three, uh, 244 pounds. Now, if you're going to find an area to criticize the president in terms of his health, uh, I will uh, I, I will join with you and say, you know, he could stand to lose some pounds. Uh, 244 at his height is is a bit high. Resting heart rate, resting heart rate, 63 beats per minute. That's within uh, the healthy range. Blood pressure, 121 over 79. Uh, the, the the temperature had uh, 98.3 when this when this physical was administered. Now. On to cholesterol. You heard in that montage we just played uh, that there was an intense focus on his eating habits, all right, that he's uh, 10, 12 Diet Cokes a day, uh, that he shovels and scarfs down the McDonald's constantly. Well, uh, you would think that if that were accurate that he uh, would have uh, some cholesterol problems. Uh, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the range uh, for a man of his age, healthy cholesterol? Uh, well, if you are under 200, you are in uh, good shape or you are in healthy shape. His total cholesterol, uh, 167. 167. 167. The summary of that report, following a diagnosis of COVID-19 in the West Wing, this is earlier this year when the president uh, submitted himself to a physical exam, uh, he took a two-week course of hydroxychloroquine. That was uh, interesting at the time. Uh, In addition, he took zinc and vitamin D. This was all done in consultation with his appropriate care team. Uh, And based on the the history, examinations and consultations, the the data here indicates, and this is according to his own physician, indicates that the president remains healthy. This is the state of health that he took into his fight with the coronavirus. And I'd say uh, that it's a pretty good state of affairs when you can boast of those types of numbers. I bring all this up just to remind you uh, not to be distracted uh, by claims and that often it is necessary that we rely on tangible data. That's what we've done here today and is with this tangible data that we will go forward in our understanding uh, as far as the president's recovery is concerned. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.